Hey everybody, this is Keegan Scott, the owner of the Magic Skull Bus and the 2019 Flog Champion, and you're listening to the Flogcast Network. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Flogcast Network. Jay Ruff in the house today. Glorious Monday morning. And I am here with the defending champion, the owner of the Blount Force. How's it going, Dr. Q? It's going well, call me a doctor. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. Why did I do that? I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, hey, I'll, I'll you don't... take it. And you don't have it. your doctor's degree. I don't. I don't I just, but, hey. It sounded, you should be a doctor. That sounds Dr. cool. Dr. Q. Dr. Q. Yeah, maybe I'll go back to school and look into that. But uh, no, it's yeah. going good. Um, it's kind of been cold the last few days outside. Mm. But, mm. and now that I got, you know, a little puppy. Yeah, I was about wake, to say that. How's, how wake is him it? up. Being a. 6.30 a.m. Go outside yeah. cold. It's like having a child, isn't it? Dude, it is. It's, this... it's a lot of work. But, yeah. But, you know, I've been wanting to do it for a long time so, so right it's and fun. this this is turning you into an adult so it's a good step it's a good step for you and I, th- I think it's time for you to be yeah. an adult yeah. yeah i think so too <laughs> well q i hope you're ready today we got a lot to talk about from the games yesterday i hope you have your cup of tea this morning right i do it's, it's okay it's not Shocker. hot it's, it's not piping hot like it was but it's gross i, I still have some left Oh well, there, there he goes. You can hear it. All right, just don't have, don't have that going when we're talking. Here's tea rolling around. Uh, but anyways, we like we said, we have a lot of games to go over. Um, we'll go over real quick. I'm gonna fireball the fireball. Oh, I mean, that sounds good, but but I'm gonna fire these Ew. these these questions. I mean, these injuries here, and then we can talk to them real quick. Drew Brees. Uh, went out with a rib injury. He's going through x-rays today. Uh, it looks like he's going to miss some time. So it looks like it's going to be the, the Winston show here for a couple of weeks. Matt Stafford went out with a thumb injury, but he should be all right. Um, Teddy Bridgewater went down with a knee injury. Uh, and all these, you know, you, we hear, we'll hear a lot more updates going on uh, today, maybe possibly tomorrow throughout the week. Um John Brown with an ankle injury. Uh, he went out. Uh, I, that might be some more time there. It might be a Beasley show. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see there. Um, and then uh, Jamaiki uh, Hasty broke his collarbone. Um, I be, I've been there before. That is not enjoyable. Um, so, but again, it might, it, he's not the main guy there anymore anyway. So um, the, the big one there is John Brown. Uh, of course, you might, you know, you might see more Stefan Diggs, but I think Cole Beasley will be more uh, taking those receptions if John Brown misses some time. What do you think about those guys? Um. So what happened with John Brown? Ankle, ankle injury. Oh, ankle. Um, yeah, okay. I, I, I think uh, as of right now, I'm not seeing a lot of reports about it. But I know he, uh, he hurt his ankle. It's not, you know. Not big time injury, but might miss some time. We'll see. Okay, yeah, um, that does suck because he's he's kind of the the deep down the field threat for the Bills, and I think that having him in the lineup opens up things for everyone else. Opens up things for Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. It opens up things for Beasley. It opens up things for Josh Allen, uh, being able to use his legs and stuff too. So, so yeah, I think it hurts the Bills overall. And then from a fantasy perspective. I don't know. 
Like, I think Diggs is still gonna, I think it kind of hurts Diggs. Like, you could say, yeah, he might get some more targets because he's going down because of uh, John Brown going down. But then again, if the defense doesn't have to worry about, you know, a, a burner like John Brown beating him downfield, they can kind of focus in and hone in on digs. And so, yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, it could go either way. He could see more targets or it could actually hurt him. Right. Yeah. And, you know, heck, like I said, it could be, you know, could be good for, I mean, good thing they have Cole Beasley. Because he's been doing well. We'll talk about that game here in a little bit. Let's just go ahead. And unfortunately, Q, uh, we'll go ahead and start with your game. Your Philadelphia Eagles going down uh, to the New York Giants. Um, 27 to 17, Q. I'm sure that you watch this game. Um, but believe it or not, the Eagles, unfortunately, somehow in heaven, they're still first in that division. That, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Q, that division is. Is not yummy. It's no, not it's a not. good division. Uh, of course, the you know the Eagles three and five. We got three teams who have lost seven games in that division. Giants being one of them, and of course they just beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but you know, I'm sure you can go on with this game. The Eagles just you know they weren't on it offensively uh, this uh, last night. No, they weren't. Um, it's just it's it's bad. I mean, and the thing is, they got back. They got back Miles Sanders. They had back Alshon Jeffrey. They had back Dallas Goddard. So they're getting healthier, and they're still looking bad. Like, I know it's going to take some time for the offense to get used to each other again, but it's a it's a mix of a lot of different things. Carson Wentz has not been playing well. Um, he just hasn't been. He's throwing the ball high every almost every freaking throw. But the thing is, they run the ball super well, and then Doug stops running it. The, Doug Peterson, he, he goes away from the run. I don't understand. So, like, yeah, I think it's a mixture of Carson's not playing very well. Doug isn't making very great play calls like he's known to have in the past. Um, and also, give, I got to give credit to the Giants. The Giants mm. were just the better team. They wanted it more. They looked better offensively, defensively. And to be honest, the Giants are 3-7, and seven, right? Yes. But the thing is, they've, every single game they've been in this year, it's been a close game. And yeah. like they could have beat the Buccaneers, they could have beat all these teams. I'm not gonna hang up, hang up on the woulda, coulda, shoulda, but I mean, they've played good teams. They played those good teams close. So I think the Giants are the best team in the division right now. Yeah, and again, both teams, both of these teams, did not have a uh, throwing touchdown. They all, you know, Daniel Johnson have one, uh, but he, you know, he. He had 28 throws and completed 21 of those for a total of 244 yards. But no touchdowns from him. No touchdowns, like you mentioned, from Wentz. Uh, only 208 yards. Miles Sanders, 15 carries, 85 yards, no touchdowns. But Boston Scott did have a long one, uh, and he had an end zone with that 56-yarder. Uh, surprisingly, the receiving game was led by Richard Rodgers, their tight end, which is kind of weird. Five targets, four catches, 60 yards. Um, but Rager, the rookie, led in targets, and he caught it for uh, four catches, 47 yards. But besides that, uh, your man, uh, Fulham, he did not have a good game with five targets, one catch for eight yards. Um, is he still startable for you? I think he is. Just be- Well, I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to start him necessarily. But I think he's still startable. Like you said, he, he did have five targets in this game, and they were all pretty deep passes. 
and the thing is he had the chance to catch them like they would have been really tough catches like one was Carson put it where he had to it was like low and behind him but it was right in between a safe corner so it's the only spot he could have put it it was a good throw and Fulgham it was it it would have been a really hard and off his hands um and there was there were a couple more like just where he was diving out and trying to make the catch and didn't make it so if he catches all five of those I mean he could have had like 80 yards receiving um right and he also had an end zone target so I mean he's I think he's still playable if I need to play him, but and we'll get this game later. But I made a mistake this week. Not that it mattered. I was playing against a uh, inferior JV squad, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I made a mistake in not starting Mr. Michael Evans. And that yeah, and you also made a mistake not starting Samuel. Samuel put up two points. Samuel did. How's that a mistake? Over in a second. Because he's been freaking hot lately. That's why. Wait a minute. Well, yeah, but I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna. Oh yeah, two point seven. And... I don't know why I thought he went off. I don't know. Probably think. I'm probably thinking of the guy I didn't start with DJ Moore. He, <laughs> I had him yeah. on the bench and he went off. That's probably what I've been thinking. Anyways, was, uh, with the uh, giant stats, Wayne Gallman. I tell you what, he is. He's enjoying. Uh, Devontae Freeman being out for this Giants team, he looked good. Uh, he had 18 carries with 53 yards. Saw the end zone twice with two touchdowns. Uh, he is a good flex play, and I'm pretty sure Skinley uh, snagged him up. I don't believe that. I think he was on Skinley's bench. But now he, he heck, even on this poor Giants team, he is seeing the end zone, seeing those carries, so good for him. And the receiving game, like I like I mentioned, no one had a touchdown, but Slayton had a good game with uh, five catches, 93 yards, and Shepard caught, caught all of his targets, six of them for 47 yards. Um, Ingram, heck, man, he, he, he's good one game. And t- overall, the tight end category in the whole NFL was absolutely hideous. No, <laughs> you know, the tight end, I think, was led by, like, Logan Thomas, um, and he didn't even have a good game. Some some wacky stat like that. Tight ends, this is awful week for tight ends, but uh, let's move on to the next game. We have the Browns and the Texans. Uh, this was a, a very low-scoring game, as you can tell. Browns won 10-7 to to the Houston Texans. This game was really uh, hit by the weather. I think it was supposed. To, I mean, it was, it was delayed for a little bit. The weather was hideous in Cleveland, um, and that's why the, the score was so low. Uh, but the the Browns escaped. Watson did not have a good game. 163 yards with one touchdown. Um, and uh, Duke Johnson, he didn't have a good game either. 14 carries, only 54 yards. And um, I think it was who who is this freaking? But I don't even know how. We'll just call him P. Brown. Okay, P. Brown from the Texans got uh, tight end from the Texans, got the only uh, touchdown for this Houston team. Will Fuller, eight targets, five catches, 35 yards. Randall Cobb, five targets, three catches, 41 yards. Um, I think uh, Brandon Cook, six catches, 39 yards. No, no, you know, spectacular game for the Texans. But with the Browns, it's kind of the same show. But I do enjoy having Mr. Nick Chubb back. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, both carry the ball 19 times apiece. Chubb with 106 yards, Hunt with 104. Chubb saw the end zone. He should have had two touchdowns. 
he he broke out one, you know, towards the end of the game and went out of bounds in the first, like in the one yarder. Um, but heck, it, it really didn't matter. What do you think about this game overall? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a single snap of this game, but uh, <laughs> it looked like the weather. I mean, they had to they had to delay the start of the game for like thirty minutes mm-hmm. because the weather was so bad. So so you could tell with that kind of the writing was on the wall that this was going to be a Let's run the ball game. If you had Chubb, mm-hmm. I hope you started him. Um, like you said, it kind of sucks he didn't go into the end zone that last time. For you, it didn't really matter as a Nick Chubb owner because you already were dominating your matchup. Mm-hmm. But for others, hopefully that wasn't, you know, they didn't lose their matchup because of that. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, no, it just – there wasn't really much to talk about other than Hunt and Chubb, to be honest. Yeah, the receiving game was, you know, just hideous. I mean, Baker Mayfield only threw the ball 20 times. So, Landry wasn't much of a factor. Higgins wasn't. And uh, Hooper was not a factor at all. First game back, only one catch, 11 yards. So Now, here's um, the thing, though. Moving forward, I think you can trust Chubb to get those 19 carries a game. But when the weather is nice and – you know, they – I don't think Hunt is going to be – I mean, I still think Hunt is a startable player. Don't get me wrong, and he's a strong player. But I just – with Chubb back, it's kind of – he's kind of a flex option now. I mean, he's not the – which is – maybe that's obvious to say. But, like, I don't think you're going to see 19 carries for for Hunt maybe the rest of the year as long as uh, Chubb is healthy. Right. And, you know, heck, he – the last few games that Chubb's been gone. Uh, I mean, just, you know, week eight, 8.3, week, you know, week uh, six, 6.7. So he hasn't been like absolutely the best running back in the world since Chubb's been gone. Uh, but I mean, heck, I think 19 carries is the most since Chubb's been gone. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure. Um, but. I still, yeah, I still think that Hunt is very heavily involved in the receiving game, so he is definitely a good flex option. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So yeah, he was, Chubb was gone. That was his first game gone back in week five, um, and he did see a lot of carries there. But I do believe that Hunt is still, yeah, he's still there. I mean, even even with the, you know Browns offensively, I mean, it didn't really show last I mean, yesterday, but offensively. I, I still like their offense. They're six and three right now, uh, sitting pretty. Uh, and it's weird. The Browns seem six and three. It hasn't happened in a while, but heck, <laughs> good for them. Moving on to the next matchup, Q. We got a, a good game here. The Detroit Lions uh, escaping the Washington football team, thirty to twenty-seven. Um, came down to a fifty-nine-yard field goal by uh, Prater. He ends up uh, drilling it. And ended up beating the Washington football team, moving the Lions four and five, football team two and seven. Um, Alex Smith did the best he could, um, 390 yards, threw it 55 times, completed 38 of them, no touchdowns there. But I'll tell you what, Antonio Gibson saw the end zone twice, 13 carries, 45 yards. But man, JD McKissick heavily involved in the, uh, receiving game he was targeted 15 times caught at seven for 43 yards no touchdowns there but he did have one in the on the ground eight carries for only six yards one touchdown jd mckissick man he is like alex smith definitely looking at this guy what do you think about this football team yeah i mean again this is uh another game that i didn't watch a snap of 
but it. Are you a football fan? I am. What the heck? I am. But you know, I'm watching. I was watching the Eagles, obviously, and also I, I was switching between. Like there just wasn't like I. Let's be honest. I don't want to watch the Reds or the football team and the Lions. <laughs> like, so I think I was watching. It was a good game. Yeah, it did turn out to be a pretty good game. I can't remember. Oh, I was watching the Packers because uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers is my QB. But Fuck. yeah, I mean Antonio Gibson got into the end zone twice. That's huge. You know, TC started Antonio Gibson. Um, he had forty-five rushing yards, twenty receiving yards. So I mean, even without those touchdowns, he would have put up eight and a half points. Not great, but you know that's solid output. You add in two touchdowns, he put up twenty points. So it's a good start for Mister TC. Um, McKissick, again, I didn't watch the game, so I don't really know a ton of how they used him and how much they used him. But, but yeah, I mean, he's a talented guy, and the, there's there's been talk that they really like him. They want to get him the ball, so that doesn't that doesn't surprise me a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's really rostered in our league, is he? He is. Oh, he is. He is. I I went up against him. Oh, oh. Okay. It, again, Mark Marcus snagged him up. I think last week and put up fourteen point four fantasy points for him. So you know, all Marcus's team, he heck, he's a running back too. I think in other in other leagues, like I have him in another league, he's a good flex play. Yeah, um, definitely yeah. a guy. Yeah, so definitely a guy who is heavily involved, especially in PPR full. PPR, yeah, great guy to have. Yeah, for sure. Especially you know, Alex Smith is. Uh, Alex Smith played really well yesterday, and he he's just like a really efficient quarterback. Like he's a veteran, so he's he's not going to really turn it over too much. He's gonna, if nothing's there, he's going to take the check down, and that's going to be these running backs, JD McKissick and Antonio Gibson. So as long as Smith is the starter, I I kind of like these two. Hmm. And heck, Terry McLaurin had a good game as well. Seven catches, 95 yards. He gave Keegan 13.7 fantasy points. So not even, I mean, him not even getting in the end zone, he put up good numbers for Keegan Scott. So still number one target for the football team um, in the receiving game. Let's move on to the uh, the Lions. Matt Stafford, three touchdown kind of game for him. Uh, 276 yards. He had a good one. Uh, DeAndre Swift also had a good one. Now, I've been saying late, you know, in other episodes, I don't think Swift is going to be the, you know, he going to be the guy because of AP still being there. But, heck, I mean, my own words, Swift carried the ball 16 times. AP only carried it four. Uh, Swift with 81 yards. And he, you know, I watched a little bit of this game of Swift by far. Looked more explosive. He looked like the number one guy, and they're just easing him in for the future. Yeah, and I mean, as of right now, I think you can you can bank on him being a solid, a strong flex option the rest of the way out. Probably, um, I don't think Adrian Peterson. Well, I don't really know, you know, how many carries he had yesterday, but it, yeah, he had sixteen. Okay. He also had he had five catches for sixty-eight yards and a touchdown. Who's that, Peterson um, or Swift? Oh, I'm sorry, Swift. Yeah. Peterson had four. four. Oh, so. wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, I said earlier. You weren't you're not listening to me. Sorry. Um, Goodness, McNug. But I think that was also that's also because it was a close game, um, and the Lions were trailing part of that game. Mm-hmm. So when the mm-hmm. Lions are playing with a lead, I think they're more they're more apt to kind of run it with Peterson. He's kind of the guy. He's their early down rusher. When they have a lead, they're going to pound him. Um, and then when they're playing from behind or in a close game, they're going to turn to the more 
Swift is obviously the better pass catcher. Um, but still, like you said, right. they're they're get, they're revving him up, and future is looking pretty good. Like especially for dynasty owners of Swift, um, yeah. You know, Scotty owns Swift in our league, and I don't know if he's fourth one of his four keeper spots, but but he's made, if he continues nah. this pace up throughout the rest of the year, it's gonna make it's gonna be a tough decision. Yeah, because uh, he's keeping the three Chiefs, of course. Uh, but then it comes down to Calvin Ridley, and I don't see him picking up Calvin Ridley over him unless he sells him. But heck, he does need a running back, so who knows? You know who you know who really knows. But and uh, Marvin you know, Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, really embracing the fact that Kenny Galladay is still gone. Eight catches, ninety six yards, and a touchdown. Um, the other Marvin Marvin Hall. Uh, he had only two catches, 61 yards, but did have a touchdown. Denny, uh, Denny Amendola not having a good game, three catches, 10 yards, and also TJ Huckinson, another tight end dud, two catches, 13 yards. So, like I said, Lions moving to four and five, putting themselves in a little better situation, moving on to the next game. The Green Bay Packers going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, with this game, I watched fully. Um, uh, the Heck, the Jaguars gave everything they had, man. They they really gave up Aaron Rodgers a run for his money, uh, but they ended up defeating them uh, with uh, Jake Luton. Yeah, it, you know he if if you watch this game, he 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 definitely looked better than what the stats shows. Um, you know, through thirty five times, eighteen yards, one hundred sixty nine. Um, yards, I'm sorry, 18 times, 869 yards, one touchdown, one interception, but he looked, he looked good. I mean, like for a rookie, you know, being a second game, he still, he doesn't look bad. Fantasy wise, he's not good. Yeah. Well, speaking of good, Q, James freaking Robinson, right? And then the whole team rushing wise, Jacksonville, they ran the ball 23 times. James Robinson ran the ball 23 times. He is the only running back on this team. Uh, he had another game over 100 yards. Uh, this, you know, he do he just he looks so good finding those holes provided by the offensive line. This is an, an average offensive line, I think. But he finding like he ex, he his burst is just so it, it's so beautiful, and he just finds those holes. And he, he's definitely a good rookie, undrafted rookie. For Jacksonville to find a dime there, good for them. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville found him, but in our league, Keegan is the one that found him off the waiver wire. Yeah, luck, lucky butt. Picked him up for like a dollar. And he picked him up before he even like went off. It was just a lucky yeah. pickup. Well, I mean, he's, again. He's like, I'm going to see. Heck, he's he's the starter. I'm going to see what yeah. he does because we know nothing about him. So, <laughs> yeah, he was the only one projected to get volume. So, I mean. That's what Keegan was banking on. It's like, okay, well, at the very least, I'm going to have a, a guy on my bench getting a lot of volume, even if it's on a bad team. So, I mean, it was it was good practice there for Keegan to do that. Um, and I think, as of right now, I think you or TC or Scotty or someone said it on one of the prior podcasts, that's honestly right now looking like the best waiver pickup of the year. Hands down. <coughs> Hands down. It's definitely – and I think like what well, one dollar, um, definitely a great pickup. So DJ Chark four catches, fifty six yards. Keenan Allen had a, a a touchdown in the air. He also had a touchdown in a punt return. He had himself a game, five catches, forty seven yards. Chris Conley, I'll tell you what, 
Chris Conley uh, was targeted eight times. He led the team in targets, caught half of those for 43 yards. He also led the team in targets last week with seven. Uh, he's not I'm like heck. He's not like blowing people's minds. But uh, Jake Luton really likes Chris Conley because Gardner Minshew hardly looked at Chris Conley. If you looked at the Gardner Minshew's last game, I think he was targeted uh, like three times, caught it two times. Uh, so Chris Conley is definitely getting looked at by Jake Luton um, and everybody else. Uh, I think those three were the main highly targeted guys for Jacksonville going on to Green Bay. Uh, I'm telling you what, Connor Limbach, he is escaping big time because last week Aaron Jones went nutty and uh, Devontae Adams went nutty. Devontae Adams still had a touchdown, eight catches, 66 yards, and that's <laughs> that's a normal day. Actually, a little bit below average today for what Devontae Adams has been doing. He's been going nuts, and with Aaron Jones, 13 carries, 46 yards. That is not a good game for Aaron Jones, but he still gave – he still gave uh, Keegan uh, 12 fantasy points, and Devontae Adams gave Keegan 14.6. Yeah, um, it's a down game for those guys. But, again, I think you could almost kind of see that before the game started. It, the weather was not great, super windy. Um, and plus, the Packers, they just weren't firing on all cylinders. We've seen this a little bit from the Packers this year. It's either they are firing on all cylinders and looking perfect and everything's working, and sometimes we've seen that it's not working as well. And, you know, they had a couple series where they went three and out. Uh, the Jags kept it close all game. They had that big punt return, which gave them the lead at one point. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it just kind of – I think the Packers were sort of forced to, I don't know, kind of get out of their comfort zone a little bit. But, right. But, yeah, I mean, it's Connor is kind of lucky. I mean, these guys are usually going off every single week. And, hey, lucky for him, I mean – he faces Keegan when, you know, they have a down matchup. So it doesn't happen too often. So when it does happen, yeah, <laughs> it is pretty lucky. Right. And we'll talk about that tomorrow on uh, who ends up, who ended up winning matchup wise in the flog. Moving on to the next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers bouncing back from last week. They uh, destroyed uh, Carolina Panthers 46 to 23 Buccaneers improving to seven and three. Um, with 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 Tom Brady going nuts, three hundred and forty-one yards, uh, three touchdowns. Ronald Jones, here's the here's the thing here. He ran the ball twenty-three times, a hundred and ninety-two yards, one touchdown. Now we all thought, especially in the group chat, uh, he did have a fumble, and we thought, oh, Ronald Jones, he's gonna be, you know, his butt's gonna meet the bench. Uh, but and that's what it's been like in the past a little bit, past games. If he fumbles, you're gonzo. Uh, but he did not do that. Uh, the Buccaneers did not do that, and they kept giving him the ball, and he ran, you know, ran nutty. I think it was a 98-yard run or something like that that he did. Um, just a burst of speed, um, and Fournette didn't do nothing. Eight, time, eight carries, 19 times. Now, the last time these guys played, it was the opposite. You know, Ronald Jones did not do, not, do anything. Fournette went absolutely nuts, and I think that was back in week two. Uh, so it was definitely opposite this week. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown all did well. The top three receivers, uh, Brown, I mean, Evans led the team in targets with 11, six catches, 77 yards, one touchdowns, one touchdown, good for him. Uh, Chris Godwin, six catches, 92 yards. Antonio Brown, 
you know, he's doing, I mean, second game back and he's not doing bad. Second, seven catches, 69 yards. What do you think about this team? Um, yeah, I mean, the Buccaneers are a really good team. And, you know, there's kind of a double-edged sword here because you want to own players on a really good team. And, yeah, I mean, I like Mike Evans. I like Godwin Brown. But then again, as a Mike Evans owner, it's frustrating a little bit because, you know, he's been performing. He hasn't been getting looked at very much. And in some weeks and in other weeks he comes in and, has a you know has a really nice game so and Tom Brady is just the kind of guy that's going to spread the ball around he doesn't you know he doesn't care about who you are he's just going to find the open guy and that that makes it kind of tough for fantasy purposes but that said the Bucks are a good team and and yeah I mean I like all of, all of these receiving options so yeah yeah Brady I mean he obviously went off he had three passing touchdowns and he had a rushing touchdown. So he put up almost 35 points for uh, Connor Limbeck. Um, yeah. Right. And, you know, it, it sucks, too, because their tight ends are not bad either. I mean, they both had yeah. a touchdown in this game. Grok and uh, Cameron Bray. I mean, they both had a touchdown. So not only you have, you know, Godwin, Mike Evans, Tony Brown, but you got a good uh, duo in the tight ends. And that's without uh, – crap, what's his name? I, I forgot his name already. The other okay, tight end Howard. they had. Um yeah, O.J. Howard, heck. I mean, he's not – I mean, he's not a bum. He's not good, but he's not a bum. But, uh, yeah, so it, it's definitely – and, like, we knew that going in. It's too many mouths to feed. And, it, like, uh, Keegan wasn't confident enough to to uh, start Chris Godwin. And it, it's just – heck, he's got a better team. But uh, Yeah, and I think uh, moving forward, but, I don't want to speak for Keegan, but at least for myself, like I mentioned earlier – I'm not going to make this mistake of benching Mike Evans again. Um, oh, boy. Like, I thought I, – I had good matchups, I thought, with Claypool and uh, Travis Fulgham, who I had in my flights. But, uh, yeah, I benched – and, you know, my three receivers are already set with DK Metcalf, Stephon Diggs, and Cooper Cup. Um, those guys were locks. So, really, again, I could kind of afford to test it out and see by benching Evans because I was playing a, the worst team in our league. But, but, yeah, it's not a mistake I'm going to make again. And I think Keegan, you know, I don't really know who he would bench, but he's got to look long and hard about starting Mike God- or uh, Chris Godwin. For- yeah, I'm sure he's he's thinking about it. Um, moving on to the Panthers. Uh, Teddy, Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater, two touchdowns, one interception. Again, like I mentioned, he went out a little bit, so P.J. Walker stepped in and only threw about four times. But P.J. Walker, Walker looks like the, the guy to go to next if Bridgewater is missing time. Mike Davis, um, not a lot of running game here because they're down majority of the game, but seven carries, 32 yards. Bridgewater saw one you know, on the ground. Uh, as a carry DJ Moore uh, embarrassed me four catches 96 yards uh, he had he saw the end zone early um, heck I mean I, I always thought that DJ Moore was very 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 talented and I didn't think that they were using him properly and then you know they did this kind of last year with uh, Samuel uh, I think Samuel is gifted and now this year they are using Samuel to his best abilities again not a best game from Samuel uh, but he's getting more attention now defensively. But Robbie Anderson, 
starting to decline a little bit. He only had four catches, 21 yards. What do you think about this Panthers team receiving wise? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, I, I don't know. Honestly, my least favorite, and this might sound a little odd, but my least favorite of these three is probably Robbie Anderson. Um, I know mm-hmm. he's been getting a lot of the volume early this year, but again, this is a team that kind of wants to spread the ball around. And I say he's my least favorite because obviously DJ Moore is the top guy, I think, out of these guys. Um, and then after that, I like Curtis Samuel a little bit better because of his ability. They use him as a running back too. Um, so he, he can kind of he can kind of help your team in different ways. You know, you can put him at wide receiver or in at flex, and he's basically a hybrid receiver running back. So he could get rushing TD, he could get a receiving TD, um, or he could get one of each. I mean, he's done that before too. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I like Samuel, don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to play him unless I have to because he could have a week like we just saw where he only puts up two points. I mean, yeah, it, it he, he's right. one of those guys where I'm not comfortable playing him unless I have injuries or a bye week issue or something like that. But if I do have one of those things, I'm fi- I'm fine with throwing him in the lineup. And heck with Robbie Anderson, he hasn't had the only touchdown. He's had one touchdown, and that came back in week yeah. one. Um, and you know, of course, he's not like a end zone guy. He's not a red zone guy. I think we know that, but in the last few weeks, since starting a six, a week six, week six, he had 9.7, week seven, 10.4, then 7.3, 10.8, and last week, or yesterday, 4.1, 4.1. So it's definitely a, you know, seesaw kind of a year, you know, for him the last few weeks. Um, but, you know, it's, there's, I, I had a lot of, you know, me benching DJ Moore, Last two weeks, you know, it was very low numbers. Um, and it's just hard to tell. <laughs> it's hard to tell with DJ Moore. And, heck, even with Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel, like you said. So, um, we will see. Moving on to the next matchup, Q. Um, we got – wait a minute. Oh, yeah, we got uh, the Broncos getting destroyed by the Las Vegas Raiders, 37-12. to Raiders uh, continue to roll six and three right now. Did with Derek Carr, no touchdowns again, 154 yards. But Josh Jacobs doing work on the ground, 21 carries, 112 yards, two touchdowns, and also heck, Devontae Booker also had a good game. He had two touchdowns as well, 16 carries, 81 yards. Now again, they were ahead majority of the game, so there's this run, run, run all day long. And uh, they're, those two running backs did very well in the receiving game, did not. I think uh, Darren Waller led the team in receiving by only 37 yards and uh, with three catches uh, as well. So uh, receiving, no. Rushing, yes, Yeah, for the Raiders. Uh, I know. that was. I was really surprised, too, because like, I, I didn't watch that game either. And I saw, this, I saw this score, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I, like, went and looked at it, and it's like, Derek Carr, 150 passing yards and no touchdowns. How the heck did they score 37 points? But, but yeah, like you said, I mean, yeah. Josh, they were running the ball well. They got the lead, and they just kept running it. There's no point in going away from it. Um, yeah, man. So, yeah, I mean, 
That's just – I don't think Booker is a guy – obviously, Josh Jacobs is kind of a plug-and-play. You know, he's a set-it-and-forget-it running back, but Booker is still – you know, the Raiders aren't going to be playing with that kind of lead every game. So, obviously, you're still not trusting Booker after this game. Right, and even with the, the Broncos, kind of similar situation. Uh, Drew Locke, uh, four interceptions – uh, from this guy last week, he went absolutely nuts, completely opposite this week. <laughs> uh, he did throw the ball 47 times in 257 yards. But again, they tried to come back a lot, so they threw it a lot. Melvin Gordon, anybody in the rushing game was not a factor. Uh, Gordon led with carries, 11 carries for 46 yards. Uh, Jared Judy, Tim Patrick, Hamler. Um, looks like the top guys, and heck, they had Fant with seven targets, only three three catches, 18 yards. But uh, Jerry Judy, four catches, 68 yards. Patrick, four catches, 61 yards. Hamler led the team in targets. He caught four of those for 50 yards. Um, any of those guys you feel confident in the whole Broncos team to start? Uh, none that I feel confident in, per se, but – Again, if you are struggling with injuries, bye weeks, things of that nature, maybe you throw one of these guys in your lineup. But again, I wouldn't super I wouldn't feel confident putting any of these guys in. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And you know, unless you're a uh, Marcus Terry owner or Jacob McKinley owner, um <laughs> you might, you know, maybe trust a, a Jared Judy or a Hamler, uh perhaps and um See what those what those guys can do for you, rookie wise. I like those rookie wide receivers. That's just who I am. Um, I have a lot of them, and I like them. So um, we will see. Q halftime break. Going to take a quick ad break, and then we'll uh, bounce back uh, for those next all six right, games. All right. Um, DUI got you down. Having car issues. Maybe you're looking for something easy on the eyes and on the wallet. Well, come on down to Mike's Mopeds. We've got everything you know you need and everything you don't know you need. From complete running mopeds to new and used parts for that sweet whip. Located in Kiwana, Indiana. Just call 574-230-3499 and ask for Mike. Mike's Mopeds. Turn your moped into a woped. All righty, welcome back. Q, we got a few more games to go through. Six to be exact. We got the next game. Miami Dolphins beating the the Chargers, L.A. Chargers, 29-21. Another close one here um, in Miami. Uh, Miami, heck, they're, they're getting their record where it needs to be, 6-3 and three right now. Two, uh, uh, you know, having a good game. Uh, I mean, well, two touchdowns. He had no interception. Threw the ball 25 times, completed 15. So it's not like spectacular, uh, 169 yards. But, I mean, he didn't look bad. The other guy who really is stepping up is, is uh, like, everybody, they, they, they say this guy's name and it sounds beautiful. I think it's Ahmed. Ahmed. Savan Ahmed. Um, it's kind of, it kind of sounds like, you know, that little pup, that, that guy that has a puppet, the Ahmed guy, that's what it reminds me of. You know what I'm talking about, Q? Or am I being I, silly? 
I think you're just being silly. Okay, that makes sense. Well, he had himself a game, uh, 21 carries, 85 yards, one touchdown. He is available in lots of leagues, uh, so he'll probably be the top waiver wire pickup, which we will discuss tomorrow with TC. Um, receiving games, I mean, receiving game, uh, uh, Grant, uh, I think is Jakeem Grant. He saw himself, he had himself a touchdown, four catches, 43 yards. Mike Sasecki, uh, you know, only two catches, 40 yards. And same thing with Devontae Parker, two catches, 31 yards. Um, anything out uh, this, it, this Miami team catch your eye? Um, I mean, I thought Tua Tungavailoa played better than what I was kind of thinking he was going to play. Like the first week or the first week I saw him, I'm like, okay, the, the Dolphins defense is so good that like, I think they're going to be in most of the games that they play. It's going to be competitive. And if Tua can just, all he's got to do is, you know, don't make mistakes and just get the job done. And, you know, they're going to be competitive in a lot of these games. And like you said, they're, they're six and three now. I mean, they're looking like a good football team. Um, but fantasy-wise, I still don't love Tua. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just think as he kind of develops more as a passer, he might be more viable. But right now, if I'm starting Tua as my one quarterback or even a, in a 2QB league, he's at the bottom of my QB2 spot. And I just don't trust him that much until he proves otherwise. As for the other guys, I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not looking forward to starting any Dolphins. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, other than Gaskin, who isn't he hurt? Yep, he's on yeah. the IR. Yep. Other than Gaskin, I mean, maybe you throw in Jakeem Grant into your flex if you really need someone. Maybe well, Devontae Parker when he's healthy. Obviously, he's he's a starter. But um, yeah, like this week, I wouldn't have felt comfortable putting really anyone in. And heck, with with Devontae Parker, I'm not even confident with Devontae Parker. Uh, especially with the other guys I have on my team, you know, when it comes to DJ Moore and uh, you, Higgins, Hopkins, yeah, you know, in those rookies, Justin Jefferson, I would start over Devontae Parker at this point right now. Even with Preston Williams being out, he did not have a good game. Um, and I think he only gave me 4.1 fantasy points, and that was on the bench, thankfully. Um, but as of right now, I, I know I'm not confident starting any of these receivers for Miami. Um, moving on to the Chargers, Justin Herbert. I tell you what, he this is probably his worst game, believe it or not. 187 yards, two touchdown, two touchdowns with one interception. But he still, he still gave me uh, what I wanted. You know, out of a heck, he's I guess he's my quarterback number two right now. Uh, 22.4 fantasy points. Now that's. That's his lowest fantasy point since week three, so I'll take it, 22.4. And like I said, he had an interception. Um, so I it, it, I guess this is his bad game. I'll take it. Uh, again, but the Chargers falling short once again. Um, heck, in the receiving game, with uh, with Eckler still being out, Balazs, is, it looks like the go-to guy and someone that you need to have until – Eckler comes back. Yeah, I think so. Um, You know, I was so confused because last week I had started Justin Jackson in my RB2 spot because, you know, Miles Sanders was out. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, literally I must have missed the first play because he got hurt on the very first play of the game. 
And after, like, I tuned in right after that, and I'm like, where is Justin Jackson? Why is Kalen Balazs, like, <laughs> why is Kalen Balazs hitting all the carries? And then they're like, oh, he got hurt on the first play. It's like, ah, okay. So at first, I uh, thought he was just ruled out, and they didn't notify me. So I was kind of butthurt, but. Right, right. But no, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah like you said, he, he's definitely someone that needs to be on a roster. You know, I was, yeah, and it, it's it's just wild that you know Joshua Kelly is turning into a bum, um, and they're just like right, he's just obviously not there yet, and you know Balaj is um, in the receiving game, uh, you know lots of targets but not a lot of catches I guess Balaj led the team in catches five catches thirty four yards Keenan Allen had a touchdown out of his three catches so that I guess that helped out TC three catches thirty nine yards Mike Williams didn't do much two catches thirty eight yards Hunter Henry he did see a touchdown but he was on Keegan Scott's bench um so not really too many exciting things there for the Chargers, but, and of course they, they lost another close one, which that's just a thing now with the Chargers. That's what they do. Um, but heck that's one step closer and getting a better draft pick. So it is what it is. Moving on to the next game. Uh, this was goodness. McNugget gravy jam. This game was awesome to watch the Cardinals pulling off a close one, 32 to the bills, 30, uh, Q. Please tell me you saw this catch. I saw it, yeah. You you saw it live. I sure did. It was. Oh man, probably. it was first. Not even the catch. I shouldn't even first. The, the it wouldn't been a catch if it wasn't for that awesome throw. Yeah. By Murray. Uh, you know, the, I watched this whole game. And this game was super exciting because I have for myself because I have Josh Allen and then I have Kenan Drake, Hopkins, and Kirk. I started. Um, Kirk didn't really do much, but this game was just an exciting game for me to watch. And, uh, you know, with uh, Ken and Drake, well, heck, let's start with Murray. Uh, he threw the ball 32 times, caught a 22. Now, it was a little shaky at, at first in the beginning. The Cardinals, you know, they, they took him a while to get the ball rolling. Uh, but they got it rolling later. Uh, he, you know, with Murray, did have one interception, but that beautiful touchdown at the end, the Hopkins. Um, and with Hopkins, he caught it seven times for 127 yards, one touchdown, 12 targets of the night. It was beautiful. Uh, Christian Kurt, you know, he, he only caught it four times, 27 yards. Um, but what I love to see is Kenyon Drake. Now he ran the ball 16 times. He did have 100 yards, but he looked better than what I thought. Now, really, to be honest with you, Q, I thought about not even starting Kenyon Drake uh, because, you know, he – He's been out for a couple weeks now, and uh, I just didn't really feel confident. I thought they maybe possibly going to ease him in. Um, there's there's the new Coop dog yep, getting his word in. <laughs> he wants up to he wants to play, but he wants to um, play. Shocker. So what were you asking? I, I was talking about Drake. What do yeah. you think about Drake's performance? Um, I don't know. Um, I guess I didn't really. I wasn't paying full attention. I was actually working during this game, but. Uh, yeah, let me, what, what did he, well, he did, he, he did, uh, he's been doing what he's been doing. He's been getting a lot of touches. Yeah. And a hundred yards, 16 carries. He only gave me half PPR, nine point some fantasy points. I think Edmonds had, heck man, Edmonds might've had more fantasy points, uh, because he, 
he's just more involved in the running game. Actually, uh, Edmonds had 9.2 and uh, half PPR, and Drake had 9.4. So it's pretty close. Drake did have a fumble, um, which I thought, you know, after he had the fumble, I thought they were going to maybe go more towards Edmonds. But that was not the case. They kept going at They kept trusting Drake, which is a good sign. Um, but uh, I think, uh, I mean, I, I think they, they just, heck, they just look better with the combo of Edmonds and Drake in there. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I, I, with Drake getting 100 yards, I mean, you can't, that's, that's still good volume. 16 carries, 100 yards. And if he gets in the touch, if he gets a touchdown here, I mean, we're, I think you're super happy with that performance, but he, he didn't, he only had nine points, but still that's a strong matchup. That's a strong game for not getting a touchdown. He still had over a hundred yards. So, so I like that. The Cardinals are, are looking like a really good team and I'm going to start the starting running back on a really good team on a weekly basis. So, I mean, if I'm you personally, I don't like, I'm starting Kenyon Drake every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and with, of course, going up against the Bills, starting to crumble a little bit defensively. Um, but I still, yeah, I agree with you. Um, it, it took me, it took me a little bit. I really thought hard, hard about not starting Drake. Um, but I mean, heck, it didn't hurt me at all. Nine points on fantasy points as a flex option, and he'll continue to be a flex option. Me uh, having, you know, Connor struggling a little bit, James Connor, but me having Chubb doing chubby things, and of course, me getting Elliot here next week. Uh, should help me out, trusting him more as a flex option. Uh, with the Bills, Josh Allen not having the best game. He did have two interceptions. He threw it 49 times, completed 32. He had two touchdowns. There was a couple of throws, obviously those two interceptions, but a couple of other throws that were not Josh Allen throws. They weren't that pretty. But, uh, heck, he, he did give me a, a respectable uh, fantasy game with 28.7. I'll take that any day. And uh, he did have a uh, he did have a receiving touchdown. Yeah. Uh, which was a – did you watch that? It was beautiful by McKenzie. Throw, and he kind of sliced and diced the defense. He, he, he had to stretch his long arms to catch that. And the dude's six foot five, so he's kind of like a normal, I guess, uh, wide receiver. But he looked good when he catched and moved. Got in the end zone. Yeah, he looked good. I mean, he almost, it almost like the throw was, he put it out. It, it was a really good throw. He put it out right in front of Josh mm-hmm, Allen, mm-hmm. but it was almost just a little too far. And Josh had to stretch. And luckily he's six foot five because he needed all six foot five, you know, to kind of reach out and grab it. But heck of a catch by him. I mean, right on the fingertips, he pulls it in. And, and then you see the athleticism, you know, him being able to make a couple guys miss and get in. So, so yeah, I mean, Having Josh Allen right. as your fantasy quarterback, I I assume everyone out there that has him is pretty happy with probably, you know, depending on the rest of your obviously you're happy with him, but I would say depending on, you know, the rest of your team, you're probably happy with where you're at when you're getting that oh, kind yeah. of production from your quarterback. In my, my me myself, I have Josh Allen in a lot of a lot of leagues. Uh just a guy that you, you trust hundred percent starting every week. And uh, I'm very happy that I snagged him. Uh, when I did in our league, um, and heck, he led the team in carries as well, uh, in, in yards, seven carries, 38 yards. And the rushing game is just a disaster. Um, them Singletary, four carries, 15 yards. Zach Moss, seven carries, 20 yards. 
Um, I saw that Connor Limbach picked up Devin Singletary and slid him in there on in his roster. And all I had to say was good luck, Coon, because it's been a disappointment. He's lost that he's lost that burst from last year. I do believe that he's still talented, but um just not really flowing like like what I saw from last year. He, he doesn't he's not really flowing well this year about that uh, uh, behind that offensive line. But good luck, Coon, having Singletary in there every week. It's definitely is not going to – heck, it didn't pay out for him this week. He was, you know, like won some fantasy points. Good luck. But the receiving game is a different story. Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, John Brown did well. Um, they all, you know, with Beasley and Diggs, um, uh, Beasley with 13 targets, 11 catches, 109 yards, one touchdown. Diggs also saw a touchdown, 10 catches, 93 yards, 11 targets. Those two guys looking good. And even John, you throw John Brown in there, uh, pretty good wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're one of the best wide receiver rooms in the league right now. And Diggs has been, Diggs has been playing out of his mind. Like, I remember early in the offseason, when he got traded to Buffalo, we were all kind of like, well, do we stay away from him? Because Josh Allen hasn't been that great of a passer. Um, I did. Yeah. I stayed away yeah, from him. I, mean, I regret it. Yeah. I know. I kind of was feeling that way too, <laughs> but I ended up taking him in our draft. And man, I'm so happy that I did. Yeah. Good pickup for you. Let's move on to the next matchup the Rams beating the Seahawks 23 16. Uh, with with the Rams, uh, Jared Goff didn't again had no touchdowns. We had a lot of quarterbacks with no touchdowns this week, but I mean Goff had no interceptions. He had three hundred yards, three hundred two yards. Um, Cam Akers, heck, Q. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I I've been judging you a little bit, dropping Acres, picking up Acres, <laughs> yeah. dropping Acres, picking up Acres, and he led the team in uh, in carries. Of course, he did nothing with them with 38 yards, no touchdowns or anything. But obviously, you see something in Acres. What is it? <laughs> yeah, I've been hearing that. You guys go back and forth on that. But yeah, I mean, I watch games, um, and I see when Cam Acres comes in. I think he's going to start on a weekly, and you saw it kind of start this week. He led the team in carries, and I've kind of been seeing that for the last couple, the last few games where he's been healthy. He looks good. Like I know he only had whatever, whatever it was, thirty some yards, but he he looks solid. Like, and I think he looks like the best running back on the team. Like Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown come in and kind of vulture the touchdowns away. But Cam Akers looks like the best back in my eyes on the team. And I think the team thinks that too. And it's only a matter of time until he kind of starts getting that volume. And my thought thinking also is that at the end of this year, say Cam Akers does become the true number one guy, like Miles Sanders did for the Eagles last year. And then I have him on my roster at the end of the year. And during the offseason, he becomes the number one guy and he looks really good. He could be a potential keeper for someone, just like Miles Sanders was for me. I know it's kind of a long shot, but me having kind of roster, just a little bit. I mean, just a little bit. You could have said Miles Sanders <laughs> was a long shot to be a keeper last year. But no, don't no. I mean, talented. Why I haven't really seen Cam Akers, but stat wise, compared to Miles Sanders last year at this time, no. Yeah, I agree. Stat wise, it's it's not really a valid comparison, but. But I'm just saying, it's kind of like just the principle. Like he's a rookie running back. I drafted him with my third, with one of my third round picks. I don't want to just like let that pick go to waste. 
So I'm going to keep him on my roster and hope something pans out from him. And maybe he becomes the lead guy. And maybe this offseason, he's a potential, he is a potential keeper. I mean, obviously it's not, I'm not banking on that, but it could happen. Until next week, you drop him again, right? And then maybe pick him back up after that. <laughs> uh, heck, he was the only running back who did not have a touchdown this week. Malcolm Brown with two, Daryl Henderson with two. But again, like I said, led the team in carries and yards. So who knows? And like you said, you are a Rams fan uh, because you you were speaking about Josh Reynolds. Uh, Joshua Reynolds uh, earlier on in, in a previous episode and like you said, keep keep your eye on this guy. And he led the team in targets, led the team in catches and yards. No touchdowns, eight catches, 94 yards. But he is starting to make a name for himself. And you called yeah, it. I mean, again, I, I've watched almost every Rams game this year um, as a Cooper Cup owner. Yeah, why? As a Cooper Cup owner. <laughs> and oh, okay. Team, okay. A, lot of, a lot of times they play this week, they play the Seahawks. And I also have DK Metcalf. And before that, they've played. You know, they played the Eagles. They played a lot of teams where I own people on the other team. So I've just watched, watched a lot of them. And, yeah, Josh Reynolds is always involved. I mean, he's a guy, again, I'm not super confident to start, but the Rams are a good team. He gets decent target volume. And, yeah, I mean, if I have to throw somebody in my lineup last minute or due to an injury or a bye week, I like Josh Reynolds, the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And so let's move on to Seattle. Russell Wilson is a guy who's who's had uh, uh, awesome games. His name was definitely out there in the discussion with the MVP year, and he's starting to slip just a little bit. No touchdowns for Wilson uh, yesterday. Two interceptions. He did run the ball eight times for sixty yards, but um, Alex Collins, man, kind of you know. Of course, lots of discussion, and you know. Before this game happened, DJ Jalas, you know, is going to be the guy, and Homer or whatever his name is. Uh, but Collins had a touchdown, 11 carries, 43 yards. Um, kind of, like, surprised people with that. Uh, Lockett, five catches, 66 yards. And DK Metcalf uh, did not have a good game, was definitely highly covered. Um, by I think it was Ramsey covered yep. him, I do yep. believe. And uh, he really uh, shadowed him and shut him down. Two catches, 28 yards. So not a lot of good numbers there fantasy-wise for Seattle. But uh, DK and Lockett are, you know, complete studs, especially DK. So they will be fine going into next week. Moving on to the next matchup, Q. We got the 49ers uh, losing to the New Orleans Saints 27-13. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, Drew Brees went down. Uh, he had a touchdown, only uh, 76 yards, but Winston came in. Uh, didn't He didn't do anything, like, amazing. But uh, Kamara only ran the eight, eight times, ran the ball eight times for 15 yards. Um, but he did have two touchdowns. And he did have eight targets with seven catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown in the air. Uh, so he did have a good game. Michael Thomas, though, only two catches, 27 yards, Seven targets. Are you concerned about Michael Thomas not getting into that Michael Thomas groove that he was last year? I mean, I guess my answer is no. Like, you drafted Michael Thomas probably in the first round if you have him. Um, Or if you're in a keeper league, he's a keeper. So, 
you have to put him out in your lineup every single week, no matter what. But am I concerned? Mm-hmm. I, you know, the last game or so has been concerning, but to say I'm flat out concerned with him, I, I wouldn't go that far just yet. I think we have to see bad weeks for multiple weeks, and then you can say, oh, yeah, I'm concerned now. Um, one down game isn't going to. And, you know, if Jameis Winston is the guy moving forward at quarterback, then, I mean, I I still think even with him, Michael Thomas could put up good numbers. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Do not bench Michael Thomas. He's yeah. still, I mean, he's still a start guy, hands down. Uh, he just... The injury's not been his friend this year, and it's a thing that he has overcome, but he's still very, very talented and gifted and still a number one wide receiver. Um, so do not bench Michael Thomas. Uh, with the 49ers, uh, Mullins, uh, two interceptions, one touchdown, 247 yards uh, for them. McKinnon, uh, he did see a lot of carries, 18 of them, but only 33 yards. Brandon Ayuk, I tell you what, he uh he is merging to be the 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 guy there receiving wise 14 targets from this kid caught half of those for 75 yards one touchdown uh with Bourne being you know having his first game back um and missing a couple weeks four catches 26 yards but Brandon Ayuk is he a must start now for this 49ers team he's looking like it i mean if this is the type of volume he's getting which again the 49ers were playing from behind. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I guess, man, 14 targets, that's crazy. I, I don't know if he's yeah. – that probably will be a season high if I if I had to guess. Um, so, so I wouldn't expect 14 targets moving forward. But that said, I mean, he's kind of the clear guy there. They've had so many injuries. He's really their only option right now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and I think they are going to be playing from behind quite a bit. So I think, yeah, as long as he keeps building the rapport with his quarterback, I think he probably is a must-start, at least wide receiver three or a solid flex. I mean, that's where I would be looking to play him. Right. Of course, they're missing the great George Kittle that we all know. And uh, Richie James with only five targets, three catches, 26 yards. He, you know, he had a great game with uh, Debo Samuel being out and Brandon Ayuk being out. But Brandon Ayuk, I tell you why, he's definitely, you know, not only is he getting the targets, but he's looking good out there for the 49ers team. Let's move on to the next matchup. We got the undefeated. Pittsburgh Steelers moving to 9 and 0, defeating the Cincinnati Bengals 37 to 10. Um with, with this the let's start with the Steelers big band four touchdowns from this guy, 333 yards through it 46 times. James Conner not really involved, uh 13 carries, he can, uh, 36 yards. He's continuing. That's two weeks in a row now that he has not done well, but I am not really uh, extremely me being now a James Conner owner, I'm not uh, too worried about it yet. Uh, we will see uh, looking ahead. But Deontay Johnson, over 100 yards, one touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster also had a touchdown, nine catches, 77 yards. Claypool had two of them. And you being a Claypool owner, I'm sure you're very happy. He only had four catches, but half of those being touchdowns, that's a good game yeah, for him. it is. Um, 
And that's why I spent, you know, 40% or whatever on my fab budget on him is because I, I just saw like they, the way they use him, especially near the red zone in the goal line. He's so athletic. Um, I just, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm happy with this. Um, and I think he's one of these guys that honestly, the Steelers are playing so well. He almost has to be in my lineup every week. I have to find room for him mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I think he's definitely, because it, 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 it's when it comes to Pittsburgh with Ben, especially with Ben throwing this amount of, you know, all the time and heck they were ahead majority of the game, but he threw it so many times. Um, you know, those three guys, Juju, Johnson, and Claypool, they have to be at least flex play or higher. Um, with the Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow, one touchdown, 213 y- yards, 21 for 40 pass attempts. Um, Gio Bernard didn't really have a good game. Eight carries, 30 yards. Uh, T. Higgins, though, we mentioned him a little bit. Nine targets, seven catches, 115 yards, one touchdown. He's also a, another rookie that is emerging to be a must-start. Uh, Burrow really likes T. Higgins. Um, he likes, you know, Tyler Boyd also. I mean, he got the ball six, six times, 41 yards. A.J. Green is is starting. I don't, know, I don't know why I said starting, but he is fading big time. Five targets, no catches there. But Higgins and Boyd. Definitely the one-two yep. punch there. And, you know, I won't harp on Tyler Boyd too much. I've done that for about a year straight. Right, but right. Uh, yeah, yeah. not too long ago, I was talking about T. Higgins as well. And basically saying, you know, this – I was giving you props for kind of having him on your team just because, you know, I was watching a lot of those Bengals games when I was an A.J. Green and Joe Burrow owner before I traded them. And, yeah, I mean, T. Higgins was involved, and he looked good. And he's been getting more involved, more involved. And the Bengals are – Joe Burrow is a throwing quarterback. The Bengals are a throwing team. I like T. Higgins. I mean, almost week in, week out, you got to look at playing this guy. And, heck, with, with Team Higgins, of course, he, he's no James Robinson. Uh, and, of course, you know, James Robinson was picked off the waiver wire by Keegan, like we mentioned, by $1. I also got T. Higgins for $1 in the offseason, in the waiver wire pickups. So that has to be at least a top five pickup uh, of the year. That has to be in consideration. I, I, you know, James Robinson is still the best, you know, best pickup. But T. Higgins, that was a good steal on my part. Yeah. Toot yeah, my I own agree. horn. I mean, I, I think when you're ta- talking about the kind of top picks, again, in my opinion, Scott's pickup of Mike Davis was one of the best. Um, I know you kind of disagree, but, yeah. I disagree, but, yeah. So that's where, yeah, we kind of vary. But, but, yeah, I think T. Higgins is probably probably up there with top. I mean, Claypool might be one of the top. But, again, if we're just talking value, I spent, you know, 46 on Claypool. Scotty spent 50-some on Davis. And you guys got the best value, I would say, by only spending one. And, heck, and these guys are, I mean, maybe, maybe in consideration with, with T. Higgins, but – these guys are possibly maybe something to think about keepers in our league. James Robinson, heck yeah. And uh, T. Higgins, yeah, he, I mean, he is going to be a stud, let's be honest. And Claypool could, you know, get himself there as well. So Mike Davis, I don't think right. is a keeper. Um, but, I mean, heck, we've, we've spoke about this conversation before. So um, let's move on. Let's move on to the, the last and final game, Q. 
Uh, we got the Patriots. Kind of, they shocked me beating the 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 Ravens twenty three to seventeen. Um, Cam Newton, uh, he had you know he didn't have <laughs> didn't have a good game, but they still won. Uh, he only threw the ball seventeen times. 118 yards, no interceptions, did have a touchdown, so that's good there. He ran the ball 11 times, also got a touchdown. But Damian Harris, he looked good, 22 carries, 121 yards, no touchdowns, but he definitely uh, really looked good. And Burkhead, he he was heavily involved in the receiving games. He got two touchdowns, Um, one thrown by Cam Newton, the other – by the wide receiver, Jacoby Myers had a touchdown, and he was involved in a receiving game as well. Um, he led the team in targets, catches, and yards. Five catches, 59 yards. So what do you think about this game as well, a whole? I mean, it's a, it's a really good win for the Patriots. It's a kind of a bad loss for the Ravens. They, yeah, I mm-hmm. was, I didn't really want to admit it, but they don't look very good. Um, they don't, they just don't look this, like as dynamic as they used to. I don't know what it is because, like, they can still run the ball well, but, but yeah, I mean, Jackson just, the way their passing game is set up, it's just, it hasn't looked very good. Um, but Jackson still gave me 23.3 points. Mark Andrews gave me mm-hmm. 9.6. Solid day for a tight end. And Tucker, I have the Ravens kicker, Tucker, who gave me only five. But not that I needed much from them. Um, Patriots-wise, I guess I didn't even see Cam Newton, 17.7. Solid, you know, he had two total touchdowns, only 118 yards passing. But they didn't need to really pass it. Um, and then Burkhead, another solid game. I'm surprised Burkhead, you know, is on the waiver wire in our league. I know he's been picked up before and started before. But they, they dropped, someone, whoever did that, I think it was Scotty, dropped him. Um, you know, he, he looks solid. And then Jacoby Myers, who I believe is on your roster. Yes, he is. 59 yards and he had a passing touchdown. I mean, all little mm-hmm. game for him. Yeah. And of course they are missing a lot receivers, uh, for the Patriots, but I'm still not a bad pickup for myself. And heck, you know, if he, to be honest with you, if he, if he didn't do anything, because of course last week he did very well. But this week, I still can't, you know, him having a good game, um, I still can't release yeah. him. But with with the Ravens, now this is a very honest question. This is a, a, a true question, Q. Um, the receivers, who would you rather have? Now, this is serious. Willie Sneed or Marquise Brown? Um, I think I would rather have Marquise Brown. Now... Now to yeah again Willie Sneed five catches sixty four yards two touchdowns last night seven targets Marquise Brown six targets only caught two of those fourteen yards and Willie Sneed in the season has had more touchdowns than Brown yeah um I don't know I mean I don't know how I feel about that that could go either way I, I get why you would want Sneed he's had more production he's had more touchdowns but personally I still like Brown Hollywood Brown's upside and big playability. Well, I did. I didn't. I did not say that I I want Willie Sneed more yeah. than Marquise Brown. I didn't say that. I was just I was right. stating the facts. And that, I could see stats. why somebody would um, want him over Brown. Right. Right. I mean, with with Marquise Brown, he's definitely more talented. I think. 
Um, he's got higher potential, but he's just not getting looked at by LJ. Yeah, he's came out and said that he wants the ball more. Um, so you would think that they would mm-hmm. try to make more of an effort to get it to him, but it just hasn't happened yet. It has not. It has not. But we will see. Um, that wraps it up. Uh, the games from yesterday, real quick, TC. I mean, geez, you're not TCQ. Well, we got one more game tonight on ESPN 815. The Chicago Bears going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Any predictions on this game at Chicago? Well, I would like to say that the Bears are going to sneak out of W here. Um, even though, I don't know. <laughs> the Bears offense has not been good. Mm. I know their head coach, Matt Nagy, gave up play calling duties, but I just think it's going to be cold, you know, and the Vikings, they're going to have to come out. Dalvin Cook's been insane this year, but I just don't think they're going to run it with as much success as they have been against the Bears defense. And I think Nick Foles is the Vikings kryptonite. I think he's going to come out and he's going to have a good game today, tonight. Yeah, we will see. Uh, I think um, the Vikings are favored by three, uh, so that's going to be an interesting game. And so you you said you said you have the the Bears or yeah, the Vikings. Yeah, the Bears. All right, I have the Vikings. I think they will. Uh, I think uh, Dalvin Cook's going to eat on this pretty solid team, and uh, that's why I made a bet with uh, Connor. Fifteen more fantasy points. I think that's easy money for me. But who am I? Uh, we will see. Dalvin Cook has been cooking it up, and I think he will continue to do so. So, Q, thank you so much for joining me today. Also, a long up, ep- you know, always an aw- awesome and long episode on Mondays. But you have any uh, last words or comments? Uh, not really. The only thing I'd say is, you know, after this tonight, two weeks left of the season, um, if Connor pulls mm. up a W here, we will have four teams mm. at six and four, two teams at five and five. So this playoff run, the last two weeks, like, it's just going to be crazy. I can't wait. It is. It is. It's it's going to be very tight and very exciting. Uh, and, of course, I think we're all rooting. I mean, heck, I don't know why. Well, I think I know why. But I'm definitely rooting for Connor to, to upset Keegan Scott uh, this week. It'll make things more tighter and more exciting. So we will see. Um, again, Q, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll go over. Uh, you know, the final results tomorrow with TC uh, in the flog. So we will find out there. But, hey, again, thanks. Thank you so much for listening. And you have listened to the Flogcast Network.